Let's go. I dig this music, bro. Dude, the music sounds so good. I can't get over it. It's like, it's impressive. Do you think we could just tell a guy, hey, this is what we want? No, dude. We did it. Remember? Oh, yeah. And we <laughs> did all of it. <laughs> Where are we kidding, bro? <laughs> oh, my God. We could that barely is... play Guitar Hero. Oh, my God. Brady could barely drum, and he's apparently been drumming his whole life. <laughs> that guy's not a... I've never seen that guy drumming his That's life, That's what dude. I'm saying. That kit is his brother's. Seriously. Well, all right. Welcome to Around the Cooler, the fantasy football podcast. I am once again your host, D. And I'm Frank. And if you haven't picked that up, this is another D and Frank episode. Just another <laughs> D and Frank episode for all you super fans out there. Son of a bitch. Once again, no Brady. No Brady. And this time he's claiming, or should I say he's blaming it on child care. Saying that he's got to watch his kids. Is that, is, that, is that what he told you? Isn't that what he said in the text thread? I mean, he didn't tell you. He oh. didn't tell you what he's doing, right? I mean, he's not here. But Shut the hell up. What's going so on? So you know everybody went to Palm Springs. We were the only ones that stayed back because we had shit to do. Yeah, because we're adults. Yeah, and um, so our good friend Brady decided to go out to Palm Springs this past week and get absolutely belligerent hammered, <laughs> gambled like an absolute degenerate with Brian. Of course. And... Left his wallet in the fucking casino. Shut the hell up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, my God. Um, as far as his wife knows, he's here. But she's listening to the podcast. <laughs> she so listens to this podcast, it's bro. It's going to be great, dude. I don't know why he thought this was going to be a good cover because when she hears it, she's going to be like, wow, so you weren't. What were you doing? Sorry, we're not sorry, Brady. Yeah, I don't give a shit. So he's, he's grabbing his wallet. He's getting his wallet. That's like a two-hour drive. Dude, and, and like he doesn't, he's not even sure which casino because there's multiple casinos out there. It's like there's like two Awas out there and yeah. another one. And so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God, that guy can't go anywhere. Dude, he forgets hilarious. everything. Literally everything, dude. One of these days, he's just going to forget that we record. Bro, I think I'm starting to think that th- like we have more episodes of Brady not here or missing something or in the background than him here. Do we just fire him as like the the moderator? Dude? I think he's slowly switching over to his Bravo stuff, dude. He's transitioning, huh? Yep, he's transitioning. He spends more time recording that than he does recording this one. Yeah, that's what I think. Anyways, hey, hey producer Dave, once you fix that stutter, bro, you're in. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's get into the news, dude. Let's do it, baby. Love you, Dave. All right. So this kind of broke today. Yeah. Javante Williams is apparently on track to play week one. So he's uh, recently spoke with the media. He says he expects to be ready for training camp. And he was surprisingly participating in OTAs. So with this kind of news... Does this guy skyrocket up, skyrocket up your draft boards? And what does this do to Samaji Pirine? I mean, I think I envision a similar situation to the where to the to how Joe Mixon and Samaji Pirine coexisted. So Javante Williams is obviously the more talented back there, right? Yeah, stud. running back was a stud, right? So if anything, Samaji Pirine's going to come in and probably just leech some of those pass ca- those pass those passes that he typically would get. I mean, I don't see a huge, I don't know, it's Sean Payton, though. Historically, he has had more than one running back in his offenses. So it's just it's just going to be weird. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm happy for Javante Williams. I really like the talent yes. before he tore up his knee. Yep. But I'm still kind of staying away from him. Mm-hmm. I think with this news, his current ADP is 79. So he's, what, right in the middle of a sixth round? Yeah. So he's only going to cl- – and I'm comfortable taking him there if he's maybe my third or fourth running back. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to depend on him as a starter. No, you definitely know you definitely don't because like very similar to how we discussed um Brees Hall coming back, there, he's he's it's gonna be a few weeks before he gets he looks like himself, if and, not another year. And look what know? JK Dobbins just did because his injury was virtually identical to Dobbins. Right. Right. He struggled for majority of the year, the whole got re injured, mm-hmm. had to take weeks off. He looked good at the end of the year. So I could see Javante kinda going back to him his old self in the second half of the season. But Damn, maybe mean, Perrine becomes the low the the sleeper in the first half of the season. Yeah, I still like Samaje. I do too. I think he's going to be valuable. He's he's a good pickup. Yeah, he, I think he fits more of what Sean Payton wants to do. Oh, definitely. Than Javante because Javante is just a pissed off runner, which I love. Mm-hmm. But that's how you get. But hurt. to circle back, he's probably his ADP is probably going to start to, I guess, drop, which means PT people are going to be taking him earlier after yes. hearing this news. And I'm going to stay away because right. I do not like running backs coming off ACL injuries. Yes, there's a chance that he can do it because AP did it, Jamal Charles did it. But yeah. those guys are. If I'm a betting man, I'm going to bet on the guy not being his old self. Right. The following season. Yeah, those other guys are anomalies, bro. Jamal yeah. Charles had that injury, injury, came back and was better and faster. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> AP rushed for 2,000 yards. Yes. After that, I drafted him in the third is, round that next that year, which is why he's a future Hall of Famer. Anyway, so okay, here's another one, bro. So DeAndre Hopkins, D Hop, as we like to call him, says he's going to retire when he's no longer a 1,000 yard receiver. So this is the last year we see D Hop, huh? <laughs> ah, <laughs> I think his skill set translates really well to older years. I don't know, man. It's just it really depends on where the hell he lands. A lot of smoke and mirrors with this guy, dude. The Chiefs are like, oh, don't forget about us. We're still interested. And then Buffalo apparently is like, yo, we're interested too if you want to win a ring. Well, yeah, because they hate Stefan Diggs over there. God. <laughs> I don't know why, dude. <laughs> Guy's diva, man. Do they hate Stefan or does Stefan hate them? I mean, either or, something's gonna something's got to give there. Yeah. So, all right. For my Dynasty uh, League, he's on the block. Yeah. <laughs> Two first minimum. Ooh. Steep. Okay, so Seahawks writer Michael Sean Duggar of The Athletic says, Seattle's running back setup is likely to be the Ken Walker show featuring Zach Charbonnet. Duggar points out that since 2018, the Seahawks have only had eight regular season games in which they gave 10-plus carries to more than one running back. That's interesting. So... Let me ask you, do you think we overreacted to the drafting of Charbonnet? Oh, of course we did, dude. Because we all we had was was all of any type of football we had at that point was just rookies. So we were just like, Oh shit, another running back to fucking Seattle. Maybe we did overreact, but So I mean okay, so running back's a super hard position to translate to your rookie yes. year. So Yes. And from a fantasy football standpoint, it's a kind of a hard position to get right once you get past the first five to six, seven guys. Right. So with Ken Walker's current ADP, let's say in the middle of the third round, like, are you comfortable with him being your RB two? Like hearing this news, like, okay, 
like RB2 with RB1 upside? Or do we are we still worried? Because Charbonnet is very similar to Ken Walker, except he can catch. So hearing this news, if I'm a Kenneth Walker fan, gives me a sigh of relief. I'm like, okay, maybe I'm not thinking this guy's going to eat into his time as much as I originally thought, you know? Yeah. And like I, like I said, as a rookie running back, it's hard to come in and make an impact in your rookie season unless you're Brees Hall, for example. Yeah. You know? So maybe we did overreact, and maybe Charbonnet's fine. And yeah, I shit. Looking at this news, I think I'd take Ken Walker in the second round. Dude, be, be I okay don't know. It. Dude, my gut tells me to take Charbonnet. Pete Carroll just doesn't give a shit about our fantasy teams, bro. Like, well, think about it. So, like, that same year they took Rashad Penny, I think was in the first round. First round. They still took Chris Carson. Who ended up being the bell cow on that team, dude? Right. It was Chris Carson. Like, they don't give a shit, like, when they drafted you. You know? They're going to just go with whoever's going to help them win. Are you thinking? So, in that sense, Chris Carson was the, was the was the was the better running back, though. Yes. Is Charbonnet the better running back than Ken Walker? I don't know. I think we're going to find out. Uh, yeah, we're definitely going to find out. Yeah. I mean, right now I'm going to say no. Because Ken right. Walker already showed us that he can do it in the league. But Charbonnet does have a little bit of a different skill set. But it's also kind of hard to find like a big-bodied running back with such nice hands. That's true. So That's very true. Yeah. I mean, I... I agree. I think this guy's going to kind of hit it on the head. Like, you know, it, maybe it is still the Ken Walker show, but, and maybe, maybe Charbonnet's just going to get series. Kind of how, like, the Vikings would do Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison, maybe. Ooh, okay. I can see or that. Or, like, hey, like, Walker, go sit down. Like, this whole, this whole drive is going to go to Charbonnet. Okay. You know? That could make sense. But, I mean, I guess that's the benefit of having two exactly the, the same players. Yeah. <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> Anyways, God, what are those? What are those professional g- execs thinking? I don't know, <laughs> dude. I can't believe they don't call us us uh, the couch GMs for advice to, on draft day, dude. You think like, they would, dude? <laughs> fuckers. All right, let's close this out with some news um, that came in the last twenty four hours. Uh, <laughs> Alvin, Alvin, oh my God. two gloves, Kamara, dude. <laughs> Okay, so he agreed to plead no contest to a misdemeanor charge for breach of peace for his involvement in that fight last year at Las Vegas. I think it was during the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, he's going to serve community service. Apparently, he's going to have to pay the medical bills, which is over six figures. It's like $105,000 or something. So it's kind of nice that that's a little bit settled, but the problem with the NFL is they don't give a shit what happens like in the court of law they kind of still pass their own judgment. So Kamar is not necessarily out of the woods yet as far as not receiving a suspension. And historically, the NFL has still pushed suspensions even when things get cleared up legally. Right. Um, It's basically the whole don't harm the shield thing, dude. Yes. So, yeah, you tarnish the shield. Okay, and with that, Kamar's current ADP is 89 so he's going in the seventh round and to me i'm like man suspension or not like that still might be a value dude that's where you draft those types of guys like if i'm drafting like if i'm drafting around there i'm i'm looking for those home run hitters that have gambling problems 
James Jameson Williams. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like because those are the types of players that like if you can just if you could just hold on and wait. Like last year D Hop was suspended for six games. Yes. He, that's where he was getting drafted. And then he came back and just was averaging a top as a wide receiver one. So this is the same situation just in the running back position. So you have the potential to basically pick up your flex here and he can end up being a top ten running back yeah. from that point on. So he is twenty seven. He did finish RB sixteen which was the first time he finished outside the top 10, only had four touchdowns. His catches, which has kind of been his Achilles heel, have been slowly been declining. Like, to me, like, he kind of reminds me of, like, he's my he's today's version of LaShawn McCoy. Ooh, Like okay. a guy that was a three-down running back. You know, he won, you know, with all facets of the game, was able to catch the ball, rush it in, and he was just never, he was never number one, but he was just, always in the top 10 he was so yes. consistent for so long i feel like we're starting to see that i feel like he's hit the cliff and now this is it oh you think this is a cliff or come i think i think i mean this I what is this year five for year six seven this might be year six or seven dude yeah so like i don't know like i f- i don't know if he finishes in the top 10 again but i like the seventh round value because the upside the ceiling is there but like, is this the year, dude? I don't know. I mean, they got Derek Carr over there. He likes to check the ball down. I mean, that's Elvin Kamara's game. Yeah. So, I think the problem with the reason why they've his catches have been dropping is because of the quarterbacks that have been there. Nobody. Yeah, they've, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, they've had no one for the last couple of years. Yeah, so maybe they get a competent quarterback and Derek Carr back there. Who knows? Numbers turn around. Yeah. He's a risky play. I He kind of he kind of falls into the same category as Javante Williams. I don't want him as my starting running back. Right. But I'd be happy if Kamara's my third back. Exactly. And a potential flex for me. Right. So, So yeah, I think seventh round's great value. It's a situation to watch. But, I mean, where he is right now, that's a good value. Now, I guarantee if the NFL comes out and says, like, hey, he's not going to be suspended or anything like that, we're going to watch this guy skyrocket up the draft boards. Oh, he's probably going to end up being second, third round. Yep. Agreed. All right, man. That's what we got for the news. This is my favorite news of the week, dude. We're going to crack him to somebody. Someone we've shit on. Yes, we have. Pretty heavily. And that's going to be you, Malik Willis. I know you're listening out there. That's right, baby. We're going to crack them to you this week because the news out of Tennessee is you are thoroughly outplaying Will Levis, the banana peel eating, mayonnaise (laughs) drinking (laughs) machine machine (laughs) that the Titans drafted this year. So word on the street is you are thoroughly outplaying him. And even despite playing like the backup quarterback that you should be you're, you're gonna get traded you're still probably gonna or get, get released you're, you're still probably gonna get released <laughs> because the titans went at, went all in on this guy and we thought he was a bust so this one's to you for proving us right so far cheers to getting out of a toxic situation my guy <sighs> bro i can't get over your live laugh Limp biscuit. <laughs> oh man, isn't that such a funny sign? A friend of mine bought that for me because I I don't know I like limp biscuit. I think they Bro, kick ass. Once <laughs> once we're like record recording our yeah. shows live, like we need to get that in the background. Oh dude, so we for sure will. All two thousand followers can see oh, it. Hundred percent, hundred percent. All right, so let's finish up our wide receiver rankings. Yes. So last week we started our top twenty. We did uh, twenty all the way down to eleven, which means we're gonna finish it up and hit the top ten. And I'm going to jump right into it. Let's do it. Our number 10 wide receiver 
is going to be young Garrett Wilson. So arguably this guy has probably had the biggest hype train coming into the 2023 season. And I saw a potential superstar wide receiver getting held back by some extremely piss poor quarterback play. I have not hammered that home enough. Yep. These last few weeks. And now the kid has not just any quarterback. He's got the future hall of famer in Aaron Rodgers. So last year, the numbers were decent considering his quarterbacks looked like they were throwing blindfolded. <laughs> I mean, they were. Yeah, pretty Zach much. Zach Wilson. Were. Literally was. grabbing guys off the street. He no, to Zach's defense, he he did not have a blindfold on. He's just literally that bad. He was just he wasn't <laughs> looking at the defense. He was looking at the moms in the crowd. Respect, dude. Respect. And I get it, dude. Um, so Garrett Wilson last year, he finished with 1,100 yards, 83 receptions, only four touchdowns, but he had 147 targets, which was actually good for sixth in the league. He only finished wide receiver 21 last season, but I think this kid has a lot of room to grow. Word on the street is Rodgers is already impressed, and I anticipate Wilson to build off that rookie year, and his floor, in my opinion, is a high-end wide receiver two with real wide receiver one upside. He's going in that two to three turn. Do you think he could be a great building block for your team, or are you going to go elsewhere? So... I still haven't changed my position on this. I'm not drafting a fucking jet that high, dude. I'm not drafting a jet a jet at that two to three turn. Like I'm just I'm not doing it. I would rather take I would rather take a low end running back in there at that spot before I risk on a on a young risky receiver that plays for the Jets that's catching balls from Aaron Rodgers, which brings me to my next point. What Aaron Rodgers are we gonna get? Like I get that anything is an upgrade from the quarterback room we had in New York last year, for sure. Right. But are we going to get 37 and 9 touchdown Aaron Rodgers? Or are we going to get 26 and 12 interception ratio Rodgers? That's a, that's a big difference. And that's what Rodgers put up last year. Yeah. 26 touchdowns and 12 that picks. Good? He was terrible. It's probably his worst year in his career. So, like, is is was that the cl- is that the cliff? Is that where Aaron Rodgers is? Aaron Rodgers starting to fall off? Or is he going to come back and become rejuvenated? That's the biggest concern here with Garrett Wilson. I feel like he's going to get a better version of Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Because Aaron Rodgers was doing what he did with a superstar. It was Devontae Adams. Right. And I think we have a superstar here in Garrett Wilson. Do I think he's going to start putting up Devontae Adams numbers right away? No. Like, no. But there's a path for this guy to become him down the line. So, and I look at what Rodgers was throwing to last year. And honestly, nothing was coming to my head hey, until you, n- until now. You were kind of like you liked Christian Watson. That's right, Christian Watson. I mean, he but was, like, I, but I'm like, dude, like, okay, I know and he, he had a bunch of rookies, and like, he didn't come on till like middle of the season. So and Rodgers just looked like he just didn't give a shit. Dude. Yeah, like, that's what I'm he, concerned he, about. He kind of hasn't given a shit for a while. He's I feel like he's been trying to work his way out of Green Bay. Okay, for quite some time. So I do think he's going to be a little bit more rejuvenated. So you if know, that's the case, this team does have weapons. They brought his friends along, what Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard. Mm-hmm. God, did, he, did they bring a lineman too? I don't know. <sighs> they probably brought his family too. Yeah, like, they brought all the kooks he did that Oshawasha thing yeah. with. They <laughs> 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 brought them all in. Yeah, they all <laughs> have their own training room. Yeah, rumor has rumor has it that he has his own like Askawaska, whatever what it's is called, it? it's like room a dark room, <laughs> sleep room that they do yeah. all those drugs in. God knows what, dude. K hole room or something. <clears throat> but, I don't know, man. Like. Just strictly from a talent standpoint, like this kid just looks different. Dude. Yes, he has that look where he's just slicker, faster, 
you know, better with the ball in his hands. Like, I mean, like, this is, sounds like a reach here, but like just strictly from watching him, yeah, like his skill set reminds me of Chase and reminds me of JJ. Like that's, I mean, I don't think he's there yet because we. I mean, he's, he's got not a long that, he's way not as to big grow. as them either. But Chase isn't that big. I think he's, he's as big he's, as Chase. Is he six feet? Yeah, I guess you. Yeah, he is. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, like if you put like, but Jamar Chase kind of looks like he's kind of built like a tank. Like he's big. He's a little thicker. Yeah, yeah, and he's and he's faster. But again, it maybe maybe he comes in this season and he's a little bigger because like he was young when he got drafted out of college. So where'd he go to school? Uh, Ohio State. Oh, I knew that one. one for one. Hey, bro, it was it, with with good receivers. It that's that's a good tro- good. Uh, guess, I'm gonna right? ask you where the next receiver went, dude. Where's <laughs> <laughs> your hell. boy, dude? I know. There's no way in hell I know this, this is a one. layup. But all right, is that all so, we got on Garrett Wilson? Garrett Wilson. Um, I'll take him, dude. You take him? R- yeah. R- oh, man, I just so I, what? So I take him. In, I take him. End to early three. I don't want him as my first receiver. So let's say if I go for let's say if I go with a two receiver stack, maybe I'm comfortable okay. doing that. But okay, I can see that. So then he's okay. So then you're even taking him earlier than in this. So like, and it's also like, where did I draft? Right. So if say you draft at the four and you get Justin Jefferson, for example, yes, just hypothetically, and then you take Garrett Wilson on the turn, I would say even that's too early for Garrett Wilson. I would take Garrett Wilson on the three. On the three. Yeah. So hopefully you score like a maybe it a depend, Tony Pollard. It depend then, on the running back that fell. Right. Or let's say if the quarterbacks start going, like, mm, like do I snatch? Dude, but like, see, do I he, snatch a Jalen right there? See, there's like, no way. There's no way you take Garrett Wilson there over a Josh Allen. No fucking way. Especially if two, you have Jeff. Especially if you have uh, Justin Jefferson, and then say you get Tony Pollard. There's no way you're taking. Yeah. You're, you're going to take Josh Allen there. Yeah, I probably you know? don't. That's such a that's that's a tough. It's very situation dependent, but I like the upside. Okay, I really like the upside. Okay, yeah, I'll give it to you. But checking in number nine, Amon Ra St. Brown. Ah, I love me some Am- Amon Ra, man. I took him last year in our redraft, and he was my third receiver, and he was my flex. He was basically a wide receiver. I was wrong on this guy, dude. dude. This guy has been lighting it up. If you two years ago, if you picked him up as a waiver wire. He probably won you a league. Yep. He single-handedly kept my team afloat that year because it was ass. <laughs> Dude, he went he went ham, Dude, bro. This la- this last year he showed that production wasn't a fluke, right? He finished as the seventh best receiver in, in fantasy and PPR, um, even with a couple duds. And he did have an ankle injury early on because I believe the first two weeks of the year he was like wide receiver eleven, and then I think like wide receiver two. It's the only thing that could slow this guy down. Yeah, was which is his. That's how he gets you know his speed, and so. He he only had three games where he finished with less than eight targets. That's a great floor. That's an absolute great floor. With their 2022 first rounder, you know, it's uh, around the coolers favorite, Jameson Williams, the gambling man. Yeah, Jameson, the underdog Williams. <laughs> <laughs> suspended for the first six games of the season. That target share is going to be massive, baby. The Detroit Lions came out last year, and fuck, I've never seen the Lions have an ex- more explosive offense. But and with Jared Goff at the helm, it looked they looked awesome, dude. You know, and they added a couple pieces over there. I think this offense is just ready to keep rolling. And Amon Ra, you is going to be a hell of a pick this year. I predict him; he's going to finish inside the top ten. He's got he's got wide receiver top five upside. So I liked Amon Ra coming out of college. 
Where did he go, Frank? Dude, I, has no, I can't. I can't even guess. Oh, dude. He's a local boy, bro. He went to USC. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so man, I wouldn't even guess. So I remember watching. I was gonna him say at Colorado, USC. dude. <laughs> <laughs> nah, bro. So coming out of USC, I remember him, and I was surprised because I thought he was better than where he got drafted. He kind of slid down the draft boards, and then that rookie year came along, and that team was so bad. Like they kind of just depended on him. They kept throwing him the ball, throwing him the ball. Yes. And I'm like, ah, oh, they're just kind of leaning on him out of necessity. Eventually, he's going to cool off. And he never did. Nope. So there was a lot of trepidation about, was this guy a fluke or was he the fucking man? And he put up he put up, and shut me up because he did it again, bro. They leaned on him again. He firmly established, established himself as the top wide receiver on that team. And now he's firmly in the top 10 over here. Target monster. Kind of a similar skill set to Antonio Brown, where like a he's little just bit. not big. But I think the one thing he's missing is the big home run splash plays, because AB would just hits AB would kind of grab that slant and just take it to the house. Where Amon Ra has a little bit more of a Michael Thomas skill set. Yes, where it's just short like intermediate PPR routes. monster, dude. right? Yep, and he, they love to do a lot of bubble screens. They love those jet sweeps with this guy, so. Yeah, it's just like, it, I definitely agree with you. He's definitely skill set from... He's a very safe pick, dude. Yes. High yeah. floor receiver. I don't see a situation where he is a top three wide receiver, but I also don't see a situation where he falls out of the top 15. Like, yeah. This, this it, guy is who he is, dude. The eight targets, he's going to catch six of them. He's going to get 60 yards. Hopefully he scores a touchdown or two. You could plug and play him every week, dude. You're not taking this guy out of your out of your starting lineup. I just don't see this guy finishing outside the top even 13 for me because if he does it's got to be due to some some injury that's it if he's on the field for 15 games even if he misses two games he should still put up top 12 numbers and they really didn't add much as far as competition for catches no personally they got um they did add what's his name the running back jameer gibbs but Gibbs. Even, oh yeah. I mean, but even then, like we have to see it though. Yeah. I mean, right now I don't think Gibbs is going to take a ton of touches away from Amon Ross right. Brown. Like I think Gibbs is going to play more of the swift role and probably catch the ball a little bit more. I mean, it sounds like they're trying to put him in the slot. They're trying to find ways to get him the ball, but I'm not worried about Gibbs. Amon Ross taking points away from Amon Ra. That's, that's the guy on that offense. That's going to move the ball. The, yes. He's still the alpha. Yep. I'm also not worried about Jameson Williams. <laughs> You know who else isn't worried about that? The casinos, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not worried about Jameson Williams. Suspension or no suspension? Yeah, I, we haven't seen anything from this guy, dude. He had one bomb last year that was like, wow. That's it. That's it. That's it. So. You know, and we knew he was going to be a little bit of a project coming out, you know, but with that deadly Tyreek speed, that's this, you know, he has a very high ceiling. But as of right now, he's done nothing. Absolutely nothing. Except... Yeah gamble his money away in this league so i'm not worried about him i'm happily taking amon raw as one of my wide receivers like i said he's a very safe safe play agreed i agree 100 percent um on to number eight. Oh, real quick real Yo. quick so amon raw's target share 28 percent. his target rate 32 percent. healthy very healthy 9.1 targets per game it's probably right around the same. Uh, so target share is target in respect to the rest of the team. Right. And target rate is on the amount of routes that he runs, he gets targeted 32% of the time. Yeah. So. Love to see it. Yeah. Those are big numbers. Um, also big numbers from number eight. 
Ooh, Devontae Williams. Hold on. What the fuck did you just say? <laughs> Shit, dude. Devontae <laughs> Adams. Devontae Adams. Finally, D. God, sweet man. D. Finally fucked one up, dude. God. I'm not the only one. Fucking dumbass. <laughs> he changed his name, bro. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. And I'm all like, did I say Javante Williams? No, I said Devontae Williams. <laughs> you, like, you just mixed them right in the middle. Yeah. Tay Adams. Just keep it. Tay Adams. No relation to K Adams. <laughs> Shout out to K. I know you're listening. So Devontae Adams, the last three years, Adams has finished as the following. Wide receiver one, and this is overall. The wide receiver two, and the wide receiver three. Damn. So the first two being in Green Bay with Rodgers, and the last was with his boy Carr and the Raiders. The Raiders. So last year, Adams comes over, and Josh McDaniels immediately placed emphasis on his wide receiver one. He finished with 100 receptions, over 1,500 yards, and 14 touchdowns. The man did it again, dude. Yeah. God damn. But a deeper dive into these numbers, the dude had 180 targets. That's insane. That's ridiculous. 10.6 targets per game, a very uh, Amon Ra-like 32% target share, 30% target rate, and he actually had a career high 11.8 a dot, which is the average depth of the target. So what does this all mean? McDaniel's the coach, typically a quick strike guy, schemed to get Adams the ball deep. Well, without Carr, and now 20 yard, 20 yards is my maximum Jimmy G oh, in. I think the game plan is going to change. I agree. And McDaniel's is, is going to go back to what he's historically done which is kind of more of that just West Coast short short yep. throw offense. Reading, react type stuff. So I still expect Adams to kind of somewhat replicate his success because even though he was the deep ball guy and there's only one guy with that kind of skill set, like my worry is to just Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy G just isn't the deep ball thrower. Right. And Adams has shown such huge success in running short and intermediate areas, which is better for what Jimmy does. But, I mean, losing that deep ball, which was actually a majority of his points. I yes. had, him on, had him on a team, and there were so many games where I'm like, oh, man, he's about to drop a dud. And then he just hits this bomb, like 60 yards, 70 yards. Like anything thrown in his direction, he comes down with. It's crazy, dude. Um, Yeah, I, ultimately, dude, I expect similar numbers. I Maybe slightly worse. I mean, I think it's time for a little bit of regression. This is probably the worst quarterback he's played with. Ever. In, ever in his career. Um, but yeah, man, like what are your thoughts? Do you, do you, do you see him as a top three guy again? Are, is, are we too low on this guy so, having him at number eight? Like three s- top s- three finishes, dude. So the big thing is game plan here with Devontae Adams. Like you, you kind of hit the nail on the head where even though they're, they might be changing the game plan, the path in which he gets to his points, is just gonna, I think it's just going to look different this year. So... In Green Bay, he excelled at those short and inter- intermediate routes, those bubble screens with Aaron Rodgers because he was such a good, phenomenal route runner. He can basically do the same thing there. They like, And Jimmy G can just at least get him the ball. Yeah. And he can still produce. He could Cooper Cup it. Yeah. So, like, I definitely think there's a path where he be, he ends up with similar numbers. And if he ends up with similar numbers and he gets drafted as the eighth best, best receiver, that means he ends up being wide receiver three again. That means you hit on a fucking gold mine. So my only concern about Devontae Adams is that he's 30 now, bro. 
Yes. This is typically when we see the drop-off. And what even backs that up is last year, in the last seven years, he had a career-low catch rate of 55.6%. That's the lowest he's ever had in the last seven years. So... His car's just sailing balls left yeah, and right. Prob- that's probably exactly <laughs> yeah. why. But like that's that's probably the one little like red flag that I saw when I when I got into, you know, was looking into Devontae Adams. Is that he's thirty and his catch rate was shit last year. Hmm. So That's a good deep dive. You know, it's just it really just depends on what Jimmy G does. And, you know, we've seen this year in and year out and Jimmy G sucks. He's, he's gonna, gonna get hurt. He's gonna get hurt. We thought we talked about this. Who's the backup? Hoyer? Uh, Hoyer, yeah. Hoyer. I mean, he's capable. He could throw 15, 20 yards. Tops. Yeah, <laughs> tops at an NFL level. This shouldn't <laughs> This shouldn't matter for a fantasy football standpoint, but it kind of does. But I'm looking at the rest of our top 10, and I think this is what scares me in Devontae Adams. <laughs> there we go, baby. <laughs> I'm looking at the list. No spoilers here, but he is easily in the worst quarterback situation on the worst team out of everyone else on this list. That's exactly why I have Devontae Adams lower than you and Brady. Yep. Is because of the quarterback. And receivers are so dependent. On, obviously, they don't get the ball unless the quarterback throws it to them. That's that's the worst yeah. situation there. I mean, the man's going to eat if they continue to make him the focal point of the passing game, mm-hmm. which they should. But my gut tells me, like, this team's just not going to be that good. Yes. I think overall this offense is going to regress. Josh McDaniels is going to get fired again, dude. Yeah, they're going to bring back John Gruden. <laughs> <laughs> and Josh McDaniels Give is going to Give Chucky go, a second chance. And Josh McDaniels is going to go back to New England like he always does. Dude, my gut says they're going to tank and they're going to go after Caleb Williams. Ooh. 100% they walk away with a quarterback in next year's draft. Yeah, 100%, I can see that. 100%, dude. I can see that. I wonder what the Vegas odds for that. Hey, Dave, can you check that for us? Thanks, bro. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think Devontae Adams has, if he's eight on our list, I I see a path where he could finish higher. So he's probably going, what, into the first, yes, second round? Are you going to take Devontae Adams or Nicholas Chubb? If I already have a good, if I already have a solid running back at the end of the first, I'll take Devontae Adams in the second over Nick Chubb because I don't think Nick Chubb's a three-down back. <laughs> we already, we already you know? figured this out. <laughs> So figured this out a couple weeks ago. But yeah, I, revelation. I, yeah, I think Devontae Adams is he can easily put well, put up wide receiver three numbers again. But okay. the quarterback is the biggest problem there. Yeah. So I agree. Checking in, number seven, my man, AJ Brown. After being stuck in Tennessee in that pathetic run heavy offense, the I'll tr- say it the lightly. Tennessee triple option. Yep. Yep where they just chuck it to King Henry and then he lays out three guys and he takes it 100 yards, which I get it works. But, you know, as a fantasy owner, we all saw this guy's talent very early on. And A.J. Brown, this guy was fast, he was strong, he caught everything, and he he had a great uh, catch radius, you know. And so the skill set that we knew this guy had finally was realized when he got traded to Philly because Tennessee didn't want to pay him. Well, joke's on you, Tennessee. You fucked up. Because the guy went absolute ham. And put up wide receiver through wide receiver one numbers, but they drafted Traylon Burks, dude, his replacement. Oh no! And where is that guy? Not he's nowhere, dude. He's probably sitting on the bench because he's having another asthma attack. Jesus, dude. (laughs) So, AJ Brown finishes as the sixth best receiver last year. He put up 88 receptions, 1,400 yards, 11 touchdowns. Interesting fact about these touchdowns: eight of them are red zone, and he was given 16 red zone opportunities, which I love to see. 
from a big-bodied receiver. A deeper dive into these numbers, listen to this shit. 145 targets, good for 8.6 targets a game, 29% target share, 29% target rate. That's all right next to the guy we talked about last week. Yeah. You know? And the Devontae w- Williams. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that is somewhat worrisome about AJ's season last year, if we're going to nitpick, because that's what we're doing on this show, is that he did rely on the big play. And he did, and he was dependent to get in the red zone in order to put up at a wide receiver one clip. Yeah. The reason why I have him higher on my list and the reason why he's as high as he is now is because uh, for the same exact reason that Devontae is lower on this list, Jalen Hurts, in our opinion, on this show and around the cooler, is still has room to grow. And yes. if he shows up and he's better than he was last year, the only thing that's going to do is A.J. Brown's just going to eat more. And that offense is just going to score more. So I think A.J. Brown could very easily have career numbers this year, even better than last year. I Dude, I don't think you're wrong by saying that. We kind of glossed over this a little bit last week when we talked about, well, who do you rather draft? Do you take A.J. at the end of the first, early second, or do you take Devontae in, like, what, the third or the fourth? Right. And I know Brady and I were kind of on the Devontae side of things just because we like his skill set and we like his game more. You know, it's a little bit of a safer game where he's just not as reliant as the de- on the big on the deep ball right that like AJ Brown is. Now, after doing the deep dive, it's actually more encouraging to know that eight of his touchdowns were just in the red zone and he wasn't just a big play threat. You know, and it's good to know that Hurts is actually targeting him. Oh shit, yeah. In the red zone. This offense is going to be able to feed these two monsters for a long time. Yes. You know, and I'm not going to back down for, off of what I said. I still like the Devontae Smith over the A.J. Brown. Sure. If I'm a dynasty owner, I think that's who I'd rather have in the long term. He's a little bit younger, mm-hmm. you know, and he's already showing us he's got plenty of room to grow. But from a redraft standpoint, like A.J. Brown is also a very solid pick going at the end of the first, most likely early second, middle second round. Right. You know, because, like you said, Hurts has room to grow. If you could, I would stack him. I would love to stack him with, with Jalen Hurts. Oh, dude, that is the stack to have. Yes. A hundred percent. So like remember the Matthew Stafford, Calvin Johnson stack a few years back? Well, ten years back, but yeah. yeah. That's 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 what I'm talking about yeah. here. And I do think there's a little bit more room to grow for AJ. I just kind of similar to what we were saying about Amon Ra, I just don't see him moving into that Jamar Chase sure. Jefferson Jefferson territory. I think this is kind of who he is, and with having such an elite running mate, like, I just don't, I think this is as good as he's going to get. Maybe a little bit better, like you said. Yep. But. Yeah, I mean, again, as a receiver, you're dependent upon the success of the quarterback, and of these two guys that we just talked about, the quarterback situation is substantially better, even though we know that Devontae Adams is probably the better receiver technically you know yeah so and i think kind of going back to Devonte adams like from adams on down i am now comfortable having these guys being my first receiver on a team right yeah right but yeah i would agree with you which uh leads us to our next guy ah, my boy dude yeah checking in number six cd lamb you gotta say it right bro cd lamb <laughs> 
how many beers have you had over there, dude? Jesus, you miss half getting, of one. Getting names wrong and <laughs> whispering into the mic. <laughs> CD Lamb has gotten better every single year he's been in the league. I remember on draft day when this guy got drafted and his girlfriend tried to steal his cell phone. And he that was, was so like, rad. Nah, bitch, yeah. give me that back. That's <laughs> when I knew, I'm like, yo, this guy's a dog. <laughs> this guy's dude. got it, bro. <laughs> this guy's a dog, dude. All 50 chicks in that phone's blowing him up. Oh, dude, 100%. And his girl knows it, and he's like, I don't give a shit. 100%. You're done. So. Fast forward from last year to this year, where last year you had guys like Dallas Schultz there and Zeke. This year, Dalton. all of the, Dalton Schultz, my bad. <laughs> what did I say, Dallas Schultz? Yeah. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> Brian DeBall. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Dallas Schultz. There's nobody else there to catch the ball, bro. Michael Gallup ain't catching shit except that $72 million contract all the way to the bank, what bro. A, what you know? Stupid, that's a Jerry contract, um, dude. And Brandon Cooks ain't it. He ain't it. That guy, like, he's just... He's just Brandon Cooks, and I think the production of CD Lamb will be more dependent on the on the health of Dak than anything else. Again, because receivers are dependent on quarterbacks. I'll tell you what is concerning. How is the offense going to change? Because they want to. They're because they're, they're scoring. Wanna, they they're scoring too fast. Scoring too fast. Yeah. Too many points. CD was just eating too much. Dude. That's what I'm saying. Like, are you concerned about that offense? Like, I think CD is. Still going to get his, but last year he feasted when da- when Dak was on on the field. But when he wasn't, he struggled obviously. So with this offense changing and the play calling changing, I'm concerned. I think McCarthy's high because I mean, I mean, like he's saying one thing. I'm like, okay, so slow it down, pound the rock with Tony Pollard, who's going to get hurt. Who's going to get hurt? The guy's never had this many touches in his life. It's like, so what's your plan? Are you going to bring back Zeke? Are you going to bring in Fournette? Like, who who are you going to supplement Tony Pollard with? Yeah. Tony Pollard with. Exactly. And when it comes to CD, bro, like, this guy has room to grow. He does. He gets better every single season. Yeah. I mean, he's on, I probably own more shares of CD than anyone else when it comes to all my dynasty teams. Really? He's on all of my teams. (laughs) I mean, that's the the guy to have, dude, if you you don't have Jefferson. Like, because, and I, I said it, dude, like, way back when, I'm like, yo, this guy looks like D-Hop. Yes, you did. You had Henry Ruggs, you had CeeDee Lamb, and you had Jerry Judy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I want that guy, dude. CeeDee Lamb. I want CeeDee Lamb because he looks like D-Hop. Literally looks like D-Hop. Literally the looks like and D-Hop with the dreads <laughs> and what not. Yeah. <laughs> no, man. But I, I agree with you. He finished as the wide receiver five last year, and I expect him to be around there again. Yeah. Dude, the, kid, the guy's going to eat. I mean, like you said, there's really no one else to throw to you. I like the Brandon Cook signing, low key, but I mean that's just that's a good number two running mate, bro. You've literally have li- have said this about Brandon Cooks every year, and he's done nothing but sh- like last year he was terrible. He was terrible. But what was the argument for everything before that, dude? Yeah, like, remember he the hidden right. episode that no one's ever gonna hear. Oh yeah, <laughs> the reason why I liked him because all he's done his career, yep, was be a wide receiver too. That's true. You know, that's true. So I mean, y- you had what? General Davis Mills. Yes, I did. Right? Like, that guy couldn't throw the ball to him, dude. <laughs> like, that guy, <laughs> Brandon Cooks Davis. knew that team was so bad. He was like, yo, dude, I'm just going to take a seat here. You yeah. guys go ahead and finish this season. God, Davis I don't, Mills. I want to protect myself. Let's keep the tread on these tires for next year where I get another contract. I love how Houston slapped him with $18 million to a year, I think. Oh, something ridiculous, something stupid dude. like that. Anyways. But Brandon Cooks doesn't affect. CD Lamb. Like I'm not like, oh man, they signed Brandon Cooks. That's gonna take twenty, thirty targets away. Like no, no way. dude. 
This is CD's passing room, right? All right. And Dak has eyes for CD and CD only, which I love. Now, Dak needs to stay healthy. Yes. Right. CD did, was pretty pedestrian when Dak wasn't there. I I had him in redraft. It yeah, was rough. And I think that was a bit of concern because he had old Cooper Rush trying to throw him in the ball. God, God, that was painful. Dude, that and, sucked. But they tried, dude. Like, we're talking 12, 13 targets a game. And yeah, he's only coming down catchable. Like, yeah, f- exactly. <laughs> he caught six for 60. You know? That's only because he's one handed catching three of them. Dude. But CD, CD, he, gosh, dude. What's frustrating about CD is like I know he's got another gear in him. Like watching him play, like there's I'm like, dude, like are we ever gonna see He that turns gear? it off. Like there's just I just know he turns it off, dude. Like constant like there's nothing that pisses me more, pisses me off more than concentration jobs. And watching my wide receiver just like go through the motions, dude. Which oh, yeah. he does. I saw him drop a fucking touchdown in yes, the in the dude. in the tu- in, or I saw him drop a thirty yard touchdown last year. Just yes. like not paying attention. Dude, he should be he should be in the tier one, in my opinion, but he's just not. He should be up there with Chase and yeah, yeah. He's like the next guy waiting in the wings, in my opinion, because he's young enough and I know the talent's there. He's got the quarterback, but it's kind of it's almost like a like a better version of DK Metcalf, dude. Where I'm like, dude, everything says you should be elite, right? Ooh, and he kind of is. He kind of is, dude. But it's like, comp. but you're you're you know something's still missing, dude. Yeah, it's but. But CD, like I said, I think maybe CD's he got just room hates to grow. Dak, dude. Maybe he's no, just like, I hate no, that I, guy. no. Like, I think it's a good thing. It just the guy's a the guy's a G, and he knows it, dude. Yeah, he's a diva. Yeah, yeah they're receivers, man. He's a diva, man. For a reason. Yeah, he's a diva. Lock him in as your number one, though. Absolutely. Yeah. Second round. He's coming around. You already have yeah. a running back. Yeah. You know, he always goes in that mid second round, and I think he. I don't think that changes this year. He's probably going to go right then and around there too. So, like, say you get. You, Around middle first round, you end up with fuck. I don't know Saquon Barkley, King Henry, one of those guys, and then you stack them with, yep, with CD. I'd be okay with that. Be happy. Yeah, and then with that, and then I try to pull a Josh Allen the third just to get that high floor. Yep. So, well, speaking of divas, speaking <laughs> the diva. All right, so we're <laughs> getting to the point of this podcast where we're just going to start talking about my dynasty team because i have the next three guys all on one fucking team baby oh you do that's and that's why disgusting. i want it all no you want it all because demar hamlin went down because some because someone almost died frank really frank you're gonna blame that on <laughs> that's him? what happened <laughs> i'm just just saying facts dude <laughs> i didn't get a chance that's all i'm saying just give me a fucking chance not fair anyways anyways number five stefan diggs we've seen diggs take his game to the next level ever since he joined buffalo those three years ago and the maturation of josh allen has actually brought out the best in stefan diggs he's finished as a top seven wideout every single year he's been in buffalo and last year he actually finished with a career high 11 touchdowns while also bringing in 110 catches for 1455 yards off of 156 targets so i love the target share 100 over 100 catches and he's bringing in most of those balls those numbers are what I love to see out of my wide receiver one. And what I love about Diggs, too, is he just has he's – he's such a beautiful receiver to watch, dude. He has such a complete route tree. He could win underneath. He could win over the top. A heavy dose of targets keeps his floor so goddamn high. Yes. He's not as boomer bust as some of these guys on this list, dude, which is what I really love. Now, what I don't love, 
He's turning 30 in November. This is this is when we, f- we see it, dude. This is when we start to see it. So we may start to see him slow down a little bit. But I think just being Josh Allen's boy, I mean, maybe he's still his boy. Like, we don't really know. <laughs> I think so, But man. being the top target in that offense, yeah. like, as a whole, like, the top weapon in that offense. And the team didn't really add much in competition with the exception of Dalton Kincaid. Like, I think Diggs is going to be another cornerstone for your fantasy team again this year. I think this is the last year that we see the Stefan Diggs dominance era. So, real quick, just to capitalize on your on your numbers you gave earlier, 155 targets good for 9.1 a game. Target share 28.4, target rate 30.6. Solid, solid. Solid. Yep. Um damn, I feel like his target share should be a little higher, but I guess not. I just And he kind of had a down year the year before. He bounced he back. He did. He bounced back. Um but, dude, I, I don't know, man. Like, he's going at the end of the first, early second. I mean, if there's a massive run on running backs, and I kinda, I, I kinda, I'm kind of quartered into taking receiver, like, I would take Diggs with the 11th pick, maybe. 11? So you take him or over 12, Joe Or 12, or he'd so be you, one of my two takes. So you take him over Joe Mixon? Yeah. Really? I would. And then... <laughs> The turn. Because think about it. I mean, just think from a point standpoint, bro. Who's going to finish with more points? That's true. Right? Exactly. And you're you're taking, I mean, if I'm going to take a running back in the first, it's because I think he's going to be a top five running back. I mean, theoretically, I, I you could take Stefan Diggs in the first and then there's Joe Mixon on the turn, I guess. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. I'd rather like, okay, let me lock up the points in, with Diggs. Right. And then I could figure out. You know, maybe Mixon, I don't know. Right. I mean, there's a bunch of... Mixon's the only one that comes to mind because he's always there at the end of the he's first. He's always so. there. Yeah. Because he's a like, not a love. Yeah, exactly. Um, Dude, yeah, Stefan Diggs, I think the biggest problem is, like, whatever is happening in camp, like, I, this is this is where Brady should be in to be like, yo, I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. This is what's happening. And But instead, he's fucking off in God knows where in Palm Springs. Probably more, probably dude. gambling He's more, probably dude. back on the blackjack table. Dude, probably. He probably left his wallet there on purpose. Dude, I bet you that they found his wallet and they're like, sir, we also found this stack of black chips. I believe they belong to you. <laughs> and like he was probably up. <laughs> Bro. You know, you know Brian swooped those chips so fast, Oh, dude. man, so fast. Probably put them all on black, too. Yo, Brady, give me a hundred bucks, dude. <laughs> Facts. Facts. <laughs> oh, man. But, um... Yeah, dude, Stefan Diggs, again, another receiver with uh with top with with top three upside. So if you score him at the end of the first and you're taking him like you say you do, you you're hitting a gold mine. I think you are onto something though saying that this is probably the last year. It I think so. Yeah. Like those problems that are that he's having in Buffalo are one something something is happening there. Like that 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 can't be ignored. And two, he's thirty. Right. We're we have a lot of receivers on here that are turning thirty that like there could be a changing of a guard where we're gonna see Maybe Chris Olave come up in next year, you know, those types of receivers, and these guys are going to fall back. So, so, DK Metcalf, who knows? What happens if D Hop goes to Buffalo? Do you Ooh. still take Diggs in the same spot? No, because they're similar players. Like, very much like we, we talked about with Stefan Diggs, he's that cog that if you remove from that offense, it falls apart. Yeah. So, D Hop is that same type of player. Look what happened when he wasn't in Arizona. <laughs> the dumpster fire. Yeah. So now that you bring in D Hop and he essentially can do the same type of thing, any any type of barking Stefan Diggs does, that target share is going to look like 28 one week and 15 the next. I'm not too worried about 
like D Hop being there, I think I think the industry and everyone's gonna overreact to it and he's gonna fall. But I mean, yes, D Hop will take some away from him, but I think what D Hop's gonna do is completely shut out Gabe Davis and Khalil Shakir. Yeah. For and then sure. it, and then it becomes the D Hop and Diggs show. Yeah, for and sure. Diggs already having such a good rapport there. Like D Hop's gonna come in and not be the alpha right away. Right. You know what I mean? My my only concern is though is is if Stefan Diggs starts acting up, they have uh, another one of him to replace him yes. very quickly yeah. in the middle of a season and his fifth twenty eight percent target share now becomes fifteen. Yeah. So, I see what you're saying. Yeah. That's the only concern there, if that happened. Okay. But um But D Hop is not a bill. He's not. Yeah. So who gives a These shit? These are early rankings. Remember, you know, we yeah. we keep up with the news. So these will update over time, I think. As we get closer to the season, we'll send out updated rankings on our socials yeah. and whatnot. 28.4 target share. I fucking like that. Ah, I like that. All right. Moving on to number four. The third. Damn, you're doing two in a row. The okay. third dynasty receiver, oh, baby. Jesus Christ. If anything, I'd call this guy my crown jewel. <laughs> yes, my baby boy, Jamar Chase. Oh, man, I'll never forget when you traded like the farm for this guy, and I was like, because I didn't know anything about him, because you, you traded him when he was for when he was a rookie, and I was like, you're an idiot. I traded him, like, I think right after the draft, dude. Yeah, and I'm like, what are you doing? That guy's done nothing. I'm like, and you're like, you don't know anything, Frank. I'm all, yeah, you're right. Bro, So <laughs> so here's a little backstory. He was the final cog to this trade. So we have a relatively new dynasty league. And we have this big startup draft. And I drafted this team, you know, new to dynasty. And I drafted this team that's just very like, it's like not old, but it's also not young. It's just right there in the middle. Yep. And Jay was, he just looked at my team and he's like, yo, I'm going to win right now. Give me, give me this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. And then I'm like, ah, and he's convincing me to do it. And there one piece I said, all right, I'll do, I'll give you, I will give you, I think it was like Tom Brady, Keenan Allen, like Daryl Henderson. And I'm like, all right, I'll do all that. But you, would you have to send me this, this, this and Jamar Chase? He was a throw in and Jamar Chase was the throw in and he did not want to do it. And I was like, no, no, no. And this is, this is Jamar Chase's rookie year. We have not seen him play yet. Yeah. And I'm like, well, the deal isn't done unless I get Jamar Chase. And he's like, no, I really, really like this kid, dude. I think he's going to be special. Well, he wasn't wrong. And I'm like, <laughs> and I also thought he was going to be special, yeah. but I wanted him. I'm like, listen, dude, the guy's dropping balls in the preseason. Oh, blah, blah, did. blah. No, and I was like, and I, like, I, like I think he's going to be good, but I don't know how, how good he's going to be. Like, I'm about to give you Tom Brady and Keenan Allen. Like, you will 100% be the front runner to win this league, you know, right out of the gate. Damn. So, I mean, I know it's dynasty, but do you want to win the ship right now? Or are you going to bank? Are you, are you, are we not going to do this trade and you're going to hope for the best and keep Jamar Chase? Oh my God. And I played him like a fucking fiddle, dude. Oh my God. You're the man, dude. Yeah. I'm looking at the trade now. Jamar Chase, second round pick, first round pick for Tom Brady, Keenan Allen, Darrell Henderson and a 2022 third round. Okay. Oh God. <laughs> winner, winner. looks so bad now. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, baby. That God. trade looks so bad. Anyways, oh man, my baby boy Jamar had that monster rookie year we were just talking about. Twenty twenty one, complete animal. And this crazy thing is, he actually took a step back last season. He did. Now, after deep diving, his numbers were super weird, right? So he actually saw a lot more action 
on the shorter routes in the screens. You know, that rookie year, he was just catching all the deep balls, true home run hitter, winning at all levels of the field. He didn't win a lot going deep this year. He was a little bit more Michael Thomas. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of shorter routes, a lot of screens. And he actually got hurt. He did miss four games with a hip injury. But while his overall numbers were down from the year prior, and this is where it gets weird, he actually finished with more targets than the year before. And that's with missing four games, dude. He was hitting a lot of home runs the year before. Yes. Yeah. But to think he missed four games and finished with more targets, like... That's strange to me. Super strange. Now, and even with that slight regression, he still was a very good fantasy football player. He ended as wide receiver 12. He had five top 10 wide receiver finishes despite only playing 12 games, which tells me his low ranking had a lot to do with the fact that he missed four games. Yes. He was a beast in the fantasy playoffs. He's still clearly the alpha. He's very clearly Burrow's favorite target. And although Higgins is a very good running mate, his boom games don't necessarily mean bust games for Jamar. Right. Which is he's still getting those underneath 20 to 20. Yeah. And Burrow, he just always seems to be looking for his LSU teammate. I mean, bottom line, I think Chase is one of those young, rare athletes with elite ball skills and the speed that makes him a true challenger to Justin Jefferson's throne. And his ceiling as a wide receiver one overall, if he could stay healthy and hit more big plays like he did his rookie year. We we have him at number four. And I was thinking about this on the way in, dude. I'm like, you know what? I feel like this is very safe. He I could think, he could be three. Like you take you I mean, like if he didn't get hurt last year, like he was probably on pace for what, wide receiver two overall? You know, and to think that he ended up with more targets after, despite missing four games, like, check this out. 134 targets, good for 11.2 per game. Holy hell. Target share, 29.3%. Target rate, 27.9. Hmm. So, his target rate's kind of low. A little low. But his target share is probably where you would expect. Yeah. But 11.2 targets per game. I think he's the highest on the list that we have. That's the highest that we've had so far. Yeah, for sure. That's impressive. Yeah, dude. Um, a lot of people are going to talk about the fact that Jamar Chase is limited because of T. Higgins is so good. Right. And if you look at the receivers that are ahead of him, there's no other receivers that are as good as T. Higgins that are opposite these num- wide receiver ones. So it's not that, it, to, to your point, when T. Higgins booms, it's not necessarily that Jamar Chase is going to bust. He's just not going to have 30. He just could have 19, right. 18. Yep. And those are that's great numbers, right? So it's just what what's, what's like a little concerning is that how often is that going to happen? How many not 30-point games am I going to be able to take? You know what I'm saying? If I'm taking Jamar Chase as the third best receiver or the fourth best receiver off the board. Right. Because if you take him that high, you're expecting upside of not to give away anybody else on this list, but Reek, Cup, yes. Jefferson. Yes. You know, because he's he's around that tier. So that's my concern there with Jamar Chase. That's probably why he's four. He cause he's four on my list. Yeah. And I think he's three on yours. Mm-hmm. And three. I just on. think I just think he's got room to grow, dude. He does. Like I think he has another gear. Like a part of me feels like 
He's got another gear, but he does not. He's not lazy like CD Lamb. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. CD Lamb isn't lazy. He just you know he's yeah. he's yeah. He's not that much of a diva. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Jamar yeah. Chase. He's he's a tank, dude. Yeah. He's a tank. And I think the the next three guys in front of him, I think they've all hit their ceilings. I don't think Chase has hit his ceiling mm. yet. Okay. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then there you have it. Jamar yeah. Chase number four. He, yeah. A lot of boxes are checked, dude. I mean. The athleticism, the offense, the quarterback, the chemistry. Joe Cool, baby. You know, and he's still, I think he's only 23 or 24 years old, dude. And that offense, they they play pissed off. And they play to ball you out. Like, they're ballers out there. Yeah. They want to show off. They want to flash. They want to score points. They want to win. And they want to tell you, you suck. Are you taking Jamar Chase at the end of the first? Jamar Chase? Oh, Jamar Chase ain't lasting in the end of the first, bro. Jamar Chase is going mid-first, I think. Really? Okay. I think Jamar Chase, okay, so like where we have him ranked here is because of like when we look at numbers, this is where we think he lines up against everybody else. But when he's getting drafted, he's probably going mid first because of his name. Chase or Kelsey? Chase. I think people will take Chase over Kelsey. I'm not saying myself, but I think people will take Jamar Chase over Kelsey. Chase or Henry? Fuck, that's that's a hard one. See, I, that's one where I would seriously have to think about that. And because I took Derrick Henry last year, I probably take Jamar Chase this year. Yeah, yeah. Okay, here's the last one: Chase or Jonathan Taylor? Jonathan Taylor, JT, because I think JT's in for a rebound. Okay, for the same exact reason that we just talked about Jamar Chase being young, Jonathan Taylor's still young; he could do it. Okay. <sighs> love my love my. Wide receiver trio right Damn, there. Damn, that's a nasty. So Jamar Chase, Stefan Diggs, and C D Lamb. Gosh. God damn it. How did we let that happen? <laughs> so you know how I've been pushing after Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Like Brady's just dangling on him over here. Yeah. So like give him two weeks of of Kyle Pitts uh blocking. He'll yeah. trade him, dude. <laughs> yeah. You know what he told me? What did he say? He said, I D, I just can't trade him to you. I was like, because do he doesn't want to be wrong, dude. What do you mean, dude? And he's like, bro, bottom line, like, if I give him to you and I'm wrong and he hits, your team's too fucking good and too fucking young. I can't just, I can't, I can't do that to the I mean, league. that's a good, that's he's like, smart. And I was like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to Palm Springs, you bitch. Like, God damn it, you're right. Yeah. I mean, he's not wrong. He protected. Yeah. That's that's smart. I mean, maybe I'll go after Kyle Pitts. I don't need to. I have Dolchich in the wings. Anyways, um, which leads us to our third receiver on the board, Tyreek Hill. I will be honest. I did not see Reek finishing as the second best wideout last year. Did you? Mm, not that high. I don't think anyone but did. But everyone was down on him. Yeah. Like and if you and if you are gonna sit here and said, oh yeah, I saw that happening, you're a fucking liar, bro. You, I took him in the third round. Fuck. If, and of our redraft league, I took him in the third round. Oh, God, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I thought I was gonna see a regression too, going from Patrick Mahomes, Patty the Great, yeah, Patty to Batty to to a I can't walk. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But all he like it almost seems that Tyreek Hill is quarterback agnostic. If they can get him the ball. You're going to have to explain what agnostic means for most of our So it doesn't here. matter who's at quarterback, basically. Okay. So who is quarterback proof? Yeah. He's QB. Yeah. So if he can, if you can get him the ball, 
He's going to catch it. He's going to outrun the defender. If you can get it to him deep, he's going to run to it, and then he's going to blow by any safety that's out there. And it's just he just has a very rare, unique skill set. And I think a lot of where the reason why he fell was the question mark of how he'd fit with a lesser quarterback with Tua, like I'm just saying, you know? And those questions were answered pretty quick. He looked great right off the rip. Now he's back, and the only real competition from him repeating again, other than the question mark that is Tua, is his running mate, Jalen Waddle, for targets because Jalen Waddle's a target animal over there. Yeah. And I don't think the tight end position doesn't scare anybody there. So Who is their tight end now? They got rid of Gesicki. Yeah, I have no... Uh, they signed somebody. Ah, oh, man. Dave. Let's check that. Dave, can you get on that, please? But um, they don't really have a big-time pass catching back. Well, they just they got A-chain. So other than that, maybe. Um, so it's just there's a lot of question marks there that are not against Tyreek Hill repeating, basically. Like, there are question marks on that Miami offense, but not in respect to Mr. Reek's production. So I expect Reek to push for another top three finish as long if Tua comes back and he's okay. And I, I truly do. I hope so because those injuries were nasty last year. And I'd like to see him have a successful career for sure. Doing something else. <laughs> no, seriously, man. Like yeah, he's, I, I know what you're saying. He has some good, he had some really solid, awesome games I last liked, year. I like Tua coming out, dude. Yeah. So, I mean, I think Reek can do it again. There's just, but this also rings to that point of, how much longer is Tyreek going to be around? He told us, bro. 2025. 2025, that's yeah. right. So, so, I mean, we... we he already burned us, dude. Because everyone was down on him. He went from being a top 10 draft pick in 2021 for Fantasy Leagues to falling into the middle of the third round. And what did he do? He slapped us in the face and finished his number two overall in a PPR format. So we learned our lesson. Yep. Doesn't matter who's throwing him the ball, whether it's Skylar Thompson or Tua. Tua, I'm concussed. Tagovailoa, dude. Yep. This man's gonna eat. You know, and I think Reek is such a special, special talent with his speed and just the skill set that he has. Like, it translates to him being successful no matter where he is, dude. And I think he's got the right head coach too with Mike McDaniel's. He knows what he has. And he knows how to get the best out of his players. That's and, true. And put him in the right spots. So, yeah, man. I Reek's going to go in the first round again this year. He should. He's going to go in the back half of the first. And I typically take running backs, but I'm trying to be more grounded this year and follow the points. Yeah, dude. The Because those back-end running backs are going to – or mid-tier points when you line them up. And these heavy-hitting receivers are the ones that, that end up showing up. Yeah. You can mask a little bit of a, like, okay, so the old school thinking was like, if you're weak at your running back room, you were going to lose. But that's not the case anymore because the NFL game has changed such drastically to the passing game that you can cover a weak running back room now. Yeah. You know? Zero RB draft has proven to be successful. Right. If it wasn't successful, people would have stopped doing it. That's why we're we're still doing it. Right. And we're seeing a lot more um, three wide receiver sets, uh, setups for leagues. So... Yeah. It just goes to show you. I mean, the game's kind of changing a little bit. Like an alpha receiver, uh, receiver, <laughs> <laughs> an, al- an alpha receiver is an alpha receiver no matter who his running mate is. True. You can't say that for running backs anymore, dude. Yeah. If it's if the, the backfield is split, the backfield is split. That's correct. You know, 
which makes the elite of the elite running backs so valuable. The yes, the, the three Eckler's, down backs. Yes, the three down backs where they don't share with anyone anymore. You know, but that's what twenty percent of them. Mm-hmm. Majority of them are in a split backfield. Interesting note: um, my work league last year was one quarterback, one running back, three receivers, two flexes. Three receivers are three receivers in general are becoming a lot more popular. But one running back. That's unique. Yeah, which I thought was actually pretty cool. And then when I started to line the numbers up, I was like, Justin Jefferson should be taken first overall in this league. And he fell to seven. Idiots. But I lost, so it doesn't fucking but matter. But I lost. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a loser. All right, man. Tyreek Hill. He's, we like him. We're back on the Tyreek train. But we still got two in front of him. We got two in front of him. Two very deserving receivers in front of him. Hell, yeah. Number two, Cooper Cup of Coffee. So after finishing with a monster year in 2021, and monster is an understatement, as and he finished as the wide receiver one in both standard and PPR formats, Cup was actually on pace to do it again until he went down with the infamous I'm going to sink uh. D's fantasy football league <laughs> high ankle sprain. <laughs> Um, and that ended up cutting his season short. If you had him, like I did, you cried. Yep. And you continued to lose your hair. Because <laughs> you knew your dominance was over. Oh, my God. And all of the fantasy leagues swept because I think everyone kind of just rooted for this guy. Like, unless you were playing against him, and God damn it, did you hate playing against oh, him. Oh, yeah, you did. You know, remove the game which he got hurt. His numbers were nearly identical to the year prior where he dominated. 101 receiving yards per game and six touchdowns in eight games. He went down in week nine. If you take a deeper look into his numbers, 10.9 targets per game. Oh, God, I'm salivating. Yeah. 31% target share, 31% target rate. Of the 812 yards he had up to that point, 387 were yards after the catch. He's surprisingly very athletic. Dude, he is. He kind of, I mean, he's not a burner, but he has breakaway speed. Dude, he's got, he's got like Steph or Steph Curry-like moves when he's in the open field. Yes. Like he's just so quick and very agile, slick. in and out. Very, very slick. He was on pace to be just as good, if not break what he did the year prior. He was given a six to eight week return timeline, but the Rams were so freaking bad, like not even God could have saved this team. Yeah, dude. they were shit, dude. Hollywood Mayfield, they were bad. Fucking throwing up goose eggs. Now it does seem like Stafford is healthy. He's already throwing. Cup is healthy. He actually came out and said he would have been able to play if the Rams were playing for exactly, something, exactly. Which they weren't. I wish they were, but they weren't. They were out the year, the week he went down. Yeah, they're like. And the Rams are eliminated from playoff contention. <laughs> For real, dude. <laughs> but honestly, I expect Cup to get back to get back to work, dude. I agree. I expect him to get back to his double-digit targets, his high target rates. I mean, there's an argument that you can take Cooper Cup as the wide receiver one, just given his history of domination. Agreed. He is the wide receiver version of Christian McCaffrey, ladies yes. and gentlemen. Wow. Um, and you know, and when I watch Cup. He just he runs these crazy routes, and honestly, dude, like he might be the best route runner in the league. I agree, and I know everyone loves Justin Jefferson, but everyone's sleeping on Cooper Cup. And we talked about this when we did, I think, one of our Dynasty episodes. Like everyone's sleeping on this guy, man. Go get him, mm-hmm. go get him. The team sucked. The team sucked last year. 
He was injured. He's 30. He's 30. Go get him, dude. Like, yes. This is a guy that's going to win you a league, dude, if yeah. you can get him in Dynasty. And in redraft, you take this guy and you expect he can put up wide receiver yeah. one numbers. Like, when I, when I say that there's arguments that can be made for this guy to be taken first overall, it's because of that target share and those target rates and those targets that you see. Those are unheard of numbers. Over 30% from the receiver percentage means they're lit- like Matt Stafford snapping the ball and looking at Justin, Je- or I'm sorry, at Cooper Cup right off the rip. Yep. Justin, Justin Cup. Justin Cup. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you know, there's an argument there. Yeah. But the- there's still a guy in front of him. Dude, I mean, bottom line, the only thing that's going to stop Cooper Cup is the fucking turf at SoFi. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> Which ruined a lot of people's Apparently, seasons, dude. it's notorious. It's notoriously terrible. Right. So, Like, other teams have said that that turf is bad. Yes. Multiple. I mean, look, just look at the Chargers, dude. Well, the it Chargers just, get hurt every, se- every year. Yeah. But, but they only got hurt at home. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, if we could pick this up as fans, you would think that the, uh, the, the ownership would be like, Maybe there's something there. Nah, Bro, there fine. was a push. And I don't think it was just specifically SoFi, but they're like, there's a number of stadiums that use this specific kind of turf, and a lot of teams were complaining about it. Like, mm. we only get injured on this turf. But when the NFL did their investigation, like, well, the numbers show, like, there's no difference in, like, the there's number. No co- yes. There's no correlation between that turf and more injuries than, like, getting injured on grass or whatever. That's so, just statistical bullshit. I know exactly what that means, and the NFL's wrong. Yeah. I mean, bottom line, Cooper Cup is a top five pick in your PPR redrafts. Yes. And if you're going to take him ahead of some of the running backs, and if you're going to take him ahead of Justin Jefferson, I don't think you're crazy. Like, we kind of just touched on it. This guy's going to clock back in, and I think he's just going to do it again, dude. Right. Yeah. I mean, they didn't – They Rams – didn't do anything to make us think otherwise. Okay. It's going to be a little dependent on Stafford's health. It sounds like he's doing okay, though. But, it, yeah, it also sounds like Stafford had issues going into the season, mm. last season. So whatever he had, it has cleared up. Okay. Now, it, that's a bit of a different team than when they won the Super Bowl. Oh, way different. Collectively, that team's worse. Oh, yeah. The O-line's worse. I think the running back room's same or worse. Same the defense worse. is a little bit worse. Yeah. But Cooper Cup's a year older. And frankly, I think he's still the guy. So he's going to eat. Draft him with confidence. I think this is another guy on this list that's like, this is the last year. I you think. think this is it? But even I, if this is it, I still think he's top 10 next year. Just not top one or two. Two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so say you're okay. Say you're of the thought that I want Cooper. Cooper Cup's my one. How early are you taking him? Four. Okay. I think yeah. I think four is good. I think four is good. Yeah. Eckler, CMC, Bijan, <sighs> Cooper Cup, Bijan. Spoiler alert for yeah. if you're playing with me. Yeah. Boom. But there's still. Number one, one dude. guy out here. JJ. Justin, the Jets, Jefferson, dude. Gosh. The unquestioned wide receiver one of the 2023 season. If you had the balls to draft this guy over some of those running backs when your friends told you you were crazy, or if you got lucky and this guy fell to you in those five to eight picks, 
you fucking feasted and you loved it. Listen to these numbers. 128 catches, 1,800 yards, eight touchdowns. A deeper look into these numbers, 184 targets. That's 10.8 targets per game, 29% target share, 28% target rate. <clears throat> he had three wide receiver one finishes, nine top five wide receiver, uh, nine top five wide receiver finishes. Now, he did have a couple duds, which you would expect from a young dominant receiver, specifically weeks two, three, 11, and sadly, week 17. I remember that. But other than that, he was your set it and forget it that you have not seen from the receiver position in years. With the departure of Thielen, we definitely should expect to see a little more double coverage come his way. But that doesn't necessarily mean his his uh, production is going to dip. If anything, I think it's possible that no Thielen, more targets. He has elite route running ability. He has elite ball skills. He has elite general feel for the game and his position at the overall level. There's an argument here that you take Justin Jefferson as high as three, in my opinion, depending on your league settings. And there's also an argument that you take Justin Jefferson as high as three because I think he can put up 2,000 yards. Oh, yeah. That's I think he could do yeah. it. No, he totally could. Uh, there's we, there's not much we need to say about this guy other than just fluffing him the fuck up. Seriously. Dude. I mean, the kid's a stud. I loved him coming out. I, um, I wish we were playing Dynasty back then, dude, because he wasn't the number one out back then. Like he was, he he slid in really? rookie drafts, dude. Oh yeah, he was probably going in the middle to back half of rookie drafts. Well, think, look about it, think about it, dude. Think, I mean, I, it's hard to name names, but he was not the first receiver taken in the NFL draft, dude. Really? Like he, I mean, I don't think he was in the middle rounds, but I, I know there were a couple of guys taken in front of him. Hmm. Interesting. Now I'm curious. I want to look this up. I want to yeah. see when he got drafted. But Justin Jefferson, dude, those numbers are ridiculous. He did get. Oh, he had a couple the of Lamb draft, bro. <laughs> okay. I mean, that was a good draft, but yeah. I mean, he's arguably the best one. Yeah. Out of the bunch, dude. And here's if I'm going to nitpick Justin Jefferson, those dead games, like were this games where he just got shut down. Exactly. A, a good corner can throw him off his game. That's what I'm saying. As a young, dominant receiver, that's going to happen to him. As he yeah. gets older, those will not happen. Yeah, agreed. Agreed, agreed. I mean, yes, you can take him as high as three. I mean, I feel like four to five is a sweet spot right now in PPR formats. Damn, if you could get him at five, you should you be kinda, very, very pumped. You kind of feel like Cousins is probably holding him back a little bit. Ooh. You know, because he's such a hot and cold yes. quarterback, and but, he'll throw the ball into the ground. But right he in front loves of him. he loves him his JJ, and there's a lot of times where he just throws it up and just prays, dude. And he comes down with it. He made that catch against Buffalo, easily one of the best catches I've ever seen in my life. Dude. Yes, I remember. Yeah, he's the closest thing we probably have to just a Megatron with just his size, his speed, his athleticism. I think you could probably argue, like. Prime Megatron versus Prime JJ, I'm going to take Prime Megatron. Yes. But in today's game, Justin Jefferson is the cream of the crop. I think 2,000 yards is within the realm of possibility. He lost Thielen, but he did gain Jordan Addison. That doesn't work. That but, doesn't worry it's me. A, but to me, like that's a push. 
Right. You know, okay, so uh, so Addison will just absorb whatever Thielen did. Okay. If not less, because he's a rookie. You know, when Thielen was kind of sneakily productive, you know, on certain weeks, I mean, dude, there's not much we have to say about this guy, man. I know. Like, like he's our number, like, he's our number one. There's no, there's really no debate about it. Exactly. You know, like, yes, Cooper Cup did it, what, two years ago. Justin Jefferson did it this year. Until Cooper Cup got hurt, they were neck and neck. They right. were literally neck and neck. But right. the bottom line is, one got hurt, and this guy has stayed healthy his, the whole time. You know, and he did it. It's his crown to defend. I'm not going to dethrone him. You know, it's crazy because, like, when we did our running back rankings, we were, like, arguing that Austin Eckler was number one because we knew that a lot of people were taking CMC. But that is not the case here. It is, like, a clear... It's yeah. Justin Jefferson and then Cooper Cup. Well, I think CMC carries just like the name value right. and the popularity. Well, right. Justin Jefferson also carries the name value and the popularity, and he's got the numbers to back it up, and he was number one. Exactly. You know, <laughs> if anything, Cooper Cup is the Austin Eckler in this situation, but Cup got hurt. Right. You know, if Cup played out all freaking 16 weeks and he finished as wide receiver one again, we're having a different conversation here. A hundred percent. Like it's most likely going to be Cooper Cup number one again. Ooh. But he didn't. But he did not. Yeah. So. Damn. But that's our top ten. That's it. We are almost done with our rankings. We're going to hit the tight ends next week. Ah, oh, god damn it. And then we really got to kick it into overdrive because then we're officially entering draft season. Yeah. Yep. So that's. I'm when not that's excited for tight ends, dude. <sighs> we just have to talk about them. I know you're not a big tight end guy. No, dude. I mean. I just like there's a tight end and then everything else. But tight ends are important. Yes, they are. We'll we'll get into that. Yeah. So. All right, brother. Later, man. Late. Brady, you suck. Yep. Peace.